Hey, the Lord be with you. This is Pastor John Perling at Faith Lutheran Church with Ron Hinchman again, walking through the uh, gospel of Jesus through the writing of Paul, the Romans letter. And we've worked through uh, chapter one and beginning chapter two today and, uh, and loving every minute of it because we, in, in hearing from Paul that the, the gospel is the power of God in, uh, in verse 16 of chapter one, he then went on to outline how the world in general, the human race, has turned its back on God and made up gods for themselves and, and uh, acted outside of God's will and law and exchanged uh, his gifts for, uh, for self-made gifts and, and turned their back on him. Uh, he concludes that in chapter 1. But you know what? Paul's savvy. He, he knows that after that description of humanity as a whole, like all the world is this way, it's real easy. It's real easy for us as his hearers, his readers, even his first uh, audience to imagine, well, that may be all of them, but that's not me. And, and so the danger is to condemn the world, but then imagine yourself walking on water. And so now in chapter two, he turns right to his hearers and, and uh, lets them know that he and them are under the same judgment, in the same boat. It's not as though, uh, it's not as though there's, there's an evil human race out there and somehow we're sh uh, a shining city on the hill. No, he, he says in chapter 2, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O oh man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. So before we start pointing fingers, we also have to recognize that we ourselves are accountable personally as well. So Ron, did you, did you come across any experiences or yourself with personal accountability and how that, uh, that can play a role in military life? Yeah, when I was young, you know, you do stupid things in the military. It's, a, it's well, we do stupid things in life. We just can't help it. But uh, when I was young, you know, I always found that uh, when you take accountability for yourself, you're going to get in less trouble. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. Uh, in the military, you know, they are about rules and regulations. And so one time doing something I thought was right was wrong. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and it could have turned out a lot worse for me, but it didn't. I had uh, responded to a domestic in progress, which was believed to be a domestic in progress. It turned out not to be a domestic problem, just a very loud party okay. and people being kind of okay. crazy. Okay. But I'm pounding on the door and trying to get him to open it up. Nobody's answering. So I did this for maybe two minutes and I said, okay, I had the answer. What I thought was the answer. Uh -huh. I went and right. turned the power off okay. and then turned it back on. And, um, just flipped their switch for them. Yep. Yeah. It turned, it turned off the music and I was able to ascertain the situation and solve it. However, that was above my scope of 
abilities to do. <laughs> right. I, it wasn't right. something I was allowed to do. Right. Uh, but I didn't know this. So I went back to the station. Apparently they had called and complained about it because mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. said situation rectified and went about on my patrol. So when I went back, they asked what happened. I told them everything that happened and, you know, but I was honest. You went I said, through it step by step. Step by exactly step, I told them did. what I did. And they're like, well, why'd you turn off the power? I said, well, because nobody was answering the door. I said, I don't know what's going on in there. You know, I had logical reasons for it, but it wasn't right. And it was against our, our policy. So, you know, so the commander, they do, they're all in their investigation. Mm -hmm. And at the end, it, basically the first sergeant told me, don't do that again. <laughs> he says, the only reason you're not getting an Article 15 is because you were truthful. Uh, wow. But before it happened, people were judging me like, man, I committed the biggest sin in the world. So other folks in, uh, within in my, your, on yeah, your same command. Yeah. They were like, oh, I can't believe you did that. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like. Right. To me, it was a common sense thing. However, though, as wrong as it was, and then I started thinking, well, gosh, you know, you guys do worse than I do. Right. And so now I'm right. judging them, and it does. It creates that back and forth. But because I was honest, I didn't mm -hmm. get in big trouble for it. All I got mm -hmm. was basically a talking to. Now right. put your hand out. Don't right. do it again. Retraining. Go back to work. <laughs> right? And, yeah. and it, it taught me that honesty is the best policy. And because when you're not honest, people will judge you as mm -hmm. a dishonest per person. And once you're judged dishonest, that's hard to get back. It's pretty impossible to, to hide facts, isn't it? Yes. I mean, if the facts are going to come out no matter what, and, and just being the one who forthrightly puts them out, then, then you can deal with a real situation. Otherwise, otherwise, you're playing games with it. Otherwise, you're, you're hiding things behind the backs and things like that. Nobody, and, and trust breaks down, right? Mm -hmm. So when you were being judged for that, what did that feel like? How did that work? Oh, it sucked. Yeah. Because <laughs> these are folks you were supposed to be working with. Right. And like I said, I, I compare it. Like I said, it causes you to start judging because I compare it to other things other people had done and not even got talked to, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this Either guy, because they hadn't been honest about it or because well, they hadn't put it in their report or it right. just never or, come up. Or it just it was, never come up. Or it just was like exactly. kind of all getting sweeped under the rug. Uh, something, nobody complained about it, so it's okay. Right, and, right. Which is also wrong. Right. Because um, one of my things, one of my pet peeves was, I, hate, I call it buzzarding. It's where the, a law enforcement personnel hangs out near a club. Okay, to try to find something wrong. To, so they can to, pull them over yeah. and get them for drunk driving. I've always thought that was wrong, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know? So I'm judging it as, that's not the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably right, it's not the right <laughs> thing to do. But people have done a lot worse. But since right. it's not reported, people think, oh, well, it's okay. I can, as long as it's not reported, it's, it's not illegal or it's not immoral. How do you think <laughs> your command read your character after that, having seen how you put everything out on the table? I, they, they, I, I think they accepted me as a human that makes mistakes mm -hmm. because I didn't lose their trust. Right. I, if I'd lost their trust, I think my whole career would have been different because that was a key turning point in my military career because I was young. If you had hid facts, what did yeah. they say? What, what was going to happen? I could have probably got an Article 15, uh, mm -hmm. which is non-judicial punishment where they could take money, take rank and stuff. Heck, mm -hmm. if, they feel, if they feel something's bad enough, they'll kick you out. Mm -hmm. 
or send you to jail. Mm-hmm. We had several people, you know, smoking the wacky weed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, they ended up, some of them getting some time because of the amount that they had. And you're like, wow, that was stupid. You're right. I'm judging you as that was stupid mm-hmm. because in my eyes, it really was stupid. Mm-hmm. However, I don't know their whole situation. Maybe they were suffering from some kind of ailment that mm-hmm. they felt that marijuana would help them. I don't know. But when you do things that are on the far side of law, no matter what, it's human nature to judge. When your command dealt with you that way, do you think that that shaped how you oh, yeah. exercised your authority and your command? It did. I, I, I always had a rule. Because you were pretty new in the military at that point. I was brand new. I only had like less than a yeah. year in. At, okay. Well, after basic training, I had less than a year at my unit. Right. Um, I always as always said this, even as a first sergeant, if private pastor came to me and said, right. hey, first sergeant, I need to, to, I'm sick, I'm not feeling good, blah, 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 blah. I would always say, go home. If it lasts for three days, go to the doctor. And they're like, and the other first sergeant say, oh, well, I wouldn't, tr- I don't trust my people like that. And I said, that's the difference. I said, I do trust my people. I said, because they've never given me a reason to doubt their integrity. Mm-hmm. But once they give you that reason to doubt their integrity, that means you don't have good judgment. And if you don't have good judgment on things you do mm-hmm. for yourself, judging yourself, then you tend to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where... So I've always kind of been on it. I think it did shape me into uh, giving people the first opportunity to do the right thing. And even if my guys did mess up, mm-hmm. I literally was one of those first ones they could approach and, okay, let, how are we going to handle this? Not, uh, you're, you're a dirtbag. I've washed my hands. I Pontius Pilate you. Mm-hmm. you know? yeah, no, yeah, it's not yeah. like that. Uh, I, I refuse to do that because everybody makes mistakes. And so I kind of like it when, I hate it, we judge people, but I like it when you judge yourself enough to where you can correct that wrong. That's right. So then when you had authority, when you had command in in various situations, did you ever find that a soldier under your command was being judged by his company or was was, uh, being put on the outs because he was trying to do the right thing? Yeah, I can't put it out, yeah, there are. With the with the with the with the casino. With the- oh oh yeah. Uh, okay, so here we go. Yes. Um, now I know where we were talking about. We were talking earlier on on this whole subject, and I was bringing up. So I'm in Frankfurt, Germany, and um, what had happened was some of the this group of individuals they worked at this building called the Ab- Abrams Complex, and in the Abrams Complex, it was where all the bigwigs were. Uh, so mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you know it's a pretty judgmental place if it's where all the bigwigs are anyway. <laughs> Well, they found a key to the one-armed bandits, the slot machines, the MPs did. Mm-hmm. And what they were doing, this one shift or a night shift, and there was like seven of them and their NCO, they were going into the one-armed bandits and they were stealing just a little bit of money. Just a little bit, you know. Not enough to be a felony, but mm-hmm. it's still a crime. A felony in God's eyes. Right, <laughs> right, right. And... <clears throat> So then what happened is one of their guys left, PCS, permanent change of station, back to the United States. So this new private comes in, and they were trying to get him involved in their little thuggery, mm-hmm. and this private said no, mm-hmm. and he turned them all in. Well, all of a sudden, he became the bad guy to everybody, except for me. 
-hmm. They're like, I ain't working with him. He turned his own people in. Judging him for doing the right thing. Right. And right. I'm like, right. you, you can work with me. I was patrol supervisor, so I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I said, you work with me. I said, I, I, I trust you. I know you're going to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. I said, and all those other people ended up getting in trouble. The NCIC got away with it because even though the other one said that he had had knowledge and had received funds from this bad stuff, he claimed ignorance because he was technically working the desk. And since he didn't leave the desk, he didn't physically go and take money or physically see it. And it was he said, she said when it came to the whole money thing. Mm -hmm. uh, never trust it again. Uh, mm -hmm. I would never work with that NCO again because you've lost that. And yes, that's a that's a judgment that I was like I could be totally wrong. Mm -hmm. But I, I, you made me sin by you doing that mm -hmm. because now you're making me judge you. Mm -hmm. And we had a sim very similar situation with uh, a guy on duty. One of our MPs was <clears throat> smoking pot mm -hmm. with the chaplain's kid behind the general's house while he was on general guard duty. Okay. And his partner turned him in. And then nobody wanted to work with him for a while until I started explaining. Guys, he did the right thing. Yeah. I said, yeah. what if a situation had happened and you needed him? And I said, and I don't know how marijuana affects you because I've never used it or tried it. I said, so, I said, but if it slows his reaction by that tenth of a second, are you willing to not be that person's partner because he might be able to save your life? Or would you rather be his partner when you know he'll be able to save your life? Yeah, when, and when it comes to judging and, and being judged, uh, the, one of the keys is to recognize that we're all under the same law. We're all under the same uh, uh, judgment of God. Paul wants to make sure that these folks who are hearing his uh, talk about how the world has gone away from the Lord also recognize that their own hearts and minds are corrupted as well. And, uh, and Jesus had a, an incident in his own ministry when he was presented with uh, a woman who had supposedly been caught in adultery, uh, allegedly caught in adultery. Now, she didn't deny it. Um, he just simply said, first one of you who can say that they have not been involved in the same sin, uh, go ahead and cast the first stone. And that one's in, that's one's in John 8. And ultimately, they all put their rocks down and they all <laughs> walked off because uh, through some patience and through some discernment, they realized that even if they hadn't been physically involved in the, that particular sin, their minds mm -hmm. and hearts were equally corrupted. Mm -hmm. And they've, they've, uh, they, uh, they had to admit that they were mm -hmm. in the same boat as that, that woman. Too. That judging rock became pretty heavy. That's right. It started, came so heavy right. that they dropped it. <laughs> couldn't do it. And, and put that Not, Couldn't do it honestly anyway. Yeah. 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 Well, that's yeah. kind of like the, the the current saying of that is, you know, don't throw stones in a glass house. That's right. That's you know, right. exactly. It, it, yep. it, and we're all some glass houses and we love to judge. In in preaching, one of the ways that I was taught was uh, if if it is the, and there's always a reason to talk about sin and the law and the and the righteous judgment of God. There's always a reason to talk about that. Um, it's it's important to because it gets us to the point of honesty and it gets us to the point of healing because uh, we get down to the brass tacks of things. 
But a, a pastor, a preacher from the pulpit can never imagine that he himself is somehow outside of that judgment. And those words that strike heart and mind and, uh, and, and cut between truth and error, they have to do the same thing for the guy who's speaking those words too, and that they also know that they're under that same judgment. Because uh, we're all in that same boat. We all need the righteousness of Christ and the, uh, and the forgiveness of the Lord. And, and to imagine that somehow we're excluded from God's judgment then excludes us from his grace too. Um, because we feel like we just we just don't need it. What I can't have my cake and eat it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I can't have my cake and eat it too. Right. Well, so Paul has turned the corner away from just taking a look at the the landscape, and now he's got his hearers uh, right in his uh, in his mind. He wants them to know that this same law also comes to them. And shows them that uh, that they also need a savior, uh, and the blessing that Jesus of Nazareth has been for all people is for them as well. Hey, thanks for joining us on this journey, this snippet of of Paul's letter to the Romans. We're in chapter two, getting ready to uh, keep going until we find uh, the God's good news there in Jesus Christ. Peace be with you. I've been a 